I'm very mm. tired. <laughs> You're very tired. Tell me, tell me about being very tired. How's how's, how's your uh, holiday hell week been? The holiday hell week itself has been fine, except for I've got some scratchiness in my throat because I forgot to run the humidifier at night, and oh boy, does my apartment get dry. And we've been having some temperature shifts lately, and that's not helping. But mostly, most of what it is, is it's mm-hmm. the end of the year. It's the 27th mm-hmm. of December. And I am now feeling the weight of everything I've done this year. All at once, yes. <laughs> yeah, All of it. All of it at once. I. It's been a busy fucking year. And I'm fucking yeah, tired. Yeah, I think I think we're all a little tired. Yeah, mm. but the year is over. We survived. Uh, there's nothing major on anybody's calendars anymore for the rest of the year, except for New Year's Eve. And let's be honest, most people I know are skipping out on New Year's Eve. We're not doing that shit this year. There's there's no reason. I haven't even thought about doing anything for New Year's. I don't know. This is Idle Curiosities, a search-driven podcast by Liz Mulholland and me, Noel Midnight. Each week, we look at what we've been searching the internet for and discuss film photography, Christmas traditions, and uh, there's probably something about late-night television in this one. Music this week by Al Jacobs, Emma Celeste, and myself. So it's going to be a low-energy episode this time, isn't it? <laughs> I think it's going to be a bit of a low-energy episode this time. We can... we we. Uh, going through the terms, I think we'll find some of our energy. Uh, I, tr- yeah, I yeah. tried to include some search terms this week that have a little bit of pizzazz, a little bit of punch, some of it kind of, kind mm-hmm. of, kind of, you know, just trademark Noel bits, you know. Sure, sure. I felt it was really important to get at least one search term for each of the major things that people know Noel for here on Idle Curiosities. <laughs> right, right, right. This is, after all, our year-end spectacular. Oh, it is? Shit, I should have brought a party hat and a little uh, confetti blower. Yeah, uh, soon Merlin and Syracuse are going to be walking in. We're going to get Max on the mic. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's no. It's going to be a big, whole big thing. Um, why oh, is, my God. Why is the recording date set as the 21st? Today is not the 21st. Because we were going to record last week, and then we didn't. Yeah, that was my fault. I kind of just forgot that the show existed it- last week understandable you had a lot going on it was the lead up to christmas and you care very deeply about christmas and i i overextended myself this year i did yeah it's very easy to do it's very easy to do yeah on christmas eve i was getting ready to you know have people over for film noel we were watching a couple of movies and i was like oh what I should do is... And you're going to make a lasagna. Yeah, I was like, what, what I should do is, since we're doing film noir in the evening, I should provide food. Because it's dinner time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm going to make a lasagna. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, it's also Christmas, so I should have Christmas cookies. So I was like, I'll make gingerbread cookies. And I'll make some Mexican wedding cakes. And I got two-thirds of the way through making cookies. And then... I had a full emotional breakdown Mm -hmm. where I just dropped what I was doing and I went into the bedroom and I cried for 20 minutes about about half an hour before people were supposed to start showing up. Right. 
Yeah. The normal time for that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so all of a sudden, now it's <clears throat> 10 minutes until people are showing up, and I still haven't started the lasagna, and two-thirds of my cookies still aren't even rolled out yet. So I threw the remaining cookie dough in the fridge. It is still in there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I enlisted your girlfriend to help me do mise en place so I could get the lasagna made quickly. She's very good at that. And things went great. We -hmm. got everything done. I managed to avoid having any more emotional breakdowns. Yeah. And people enjoyed the movies. Although the first movie that I was going to show did not get shown. Because... uh, you you may be familiar with this thing that I have called uh, spoiler aversion. Uh huh. Uh huh. Now I'm very familiar sp- with it. My spoiler aversion is quite frankly problematic for myself and everyone else involved. <laughs> it has caused you trouble now and then. Yeah. So I booked this movie, Tokyo Godfathers, to be our first movie of the week because I've heard Which, really good things about it. It's Satoshi it Kon. Watch. It's it's a very well-loved Christmas movie that here's what I know about it. I know that it is an adaptation of the story of the three wise men. Mm-hmm. What I did not realize until I have a room of trans people over to watch it is that one of the three wise men in this movies is a transvestite. That is the word that was used in the streaming services description. We want to be clear and- here. And I did not realize that ahead of time. So now me, I'm going, oh, shit. Did I just choose a movie that's going to have impacts on my guests' mental well-beings? Because <laughs> generally, if I'm going to show a movie about trans people, I need it to either be made by a trans person or pre-vetted by a trans person if I'm going to show it to a crowd of people. Yeah, yeah. And this was neither. So we called an audible at the last minute and we put on Frozen instead. <laughs> Which was really fun. And I've, you know, I've never seen Frozen. I've somehow made it this long without, not only without having seen Frozen, but also without like really knowing some of the major plot beats. Um, and actually I'm curious now, what year did Frozen come out? Frozen oh. came out in 2013. Okay. Frozen came out in what day in 2013? Like what? November, 2013. All right. So. That would have been right around when I moved to Tampa. I want to blow your mind a little m- more here. I owned a- and used a Walt Disney World annual pass between roughly November 2013, which is when Frozen came out, and 2015 when I moved. And I still never saw Frozen, hadn't heard half the songs, did not know. Like, I knew the bare sketch outline of the plot, and that's it. Sure. In retrospect, considering just how much Frozen was going on at the parks at the time, because everyone immediately fucking loved it, and they realized, oh shit, we need to put Frozen everywhere, or else we're going to have a mob of angry preteen girls who want to see Anna and Elsa. Mm-hmm. It's kind of incredible that I managed to maintain the level of non-spoilage that I did all these years, considering Truly, those circumstances. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I did it. I really don't. I don't either. But yeah, so uh, I guess I'll watch I'll watch Tokyo Godfathers on my own at some point. 
and and then I'll show it to my trans friends. How about that? <laughs> that works. God, that I felt works. like I felt like such a nonce. Eh, wait a minute. We're not. Why is that the word you went for? I'm really not sure. Oh my god. Oh my god. Anyway, yeah, we watched Frozen, and then we watched the best Christmas movie of all time, A Muppet's Christmas Carol. Yes, which which was delightful, and everyone seemed to mostly enjoy, yeah. <laughs> I think everyone enjoyed it. I think everyone enjoyed it. But yeah, that went well. Um, okay, we've, we've now gotten well past all the front matter. We're ten minutes in. Tell me, tell me, tell me, why the fuck did you feel the need to take the RAADSR test? We already know you're autistic. Sorry, spoilers, audience. Noelle has autism. So, someone in a Discord server that I'm in was taking the, the RADSR test. Which is a test that is designed to help people who are on the spectrum feel comfortable expressing to others, yes, I am autistic. Even if they don't maybe have a clinical diagnosis. And a, 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 a friend of mine had taken the test and I was like, oh yeah, I don't remember what the, what the questions are like on this. I should just take this real quick as a, as a quick test to see how I'm doing. And uh, mm-hmm. I, 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 I did end up taking it. And uh, it it did come back saying, "Yeah, you're autistic." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, um, the thing about the um, the thing about the RAA DSR, I don't know if that's how it's pronounced. Or not. I'm just gonna roll with it. The real test isn't the questions itself. The real test is how much time you spend nitpicking the questions. See, I thankfully did not spend any time retaking the questions. Like I I I I I just took it at its face <laughs> and I just I just went through it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I still got a 109. Right. Uh, yeah. With most of my points yeah. falling into social relatedness. It turns out I have a hard time understanding social situations and how to not be an awkward, fumbling disaster in social relationships. Big fucking surprise. So it goes. I haven't actually taken it in a long time, but I do remember scoring pretty highly. Mm. Pretty highly. Um, I would I've imagine also that had you would actual... score higher than I would in some of the categories. Like... Uh, mm. Oh, where is it? I just had my results pulled up. So, like, I think on <laughs> sensory, you would probably rank a little bit higher than I do. I think probably. you probably have a probably. little bit more more finicky around sensory shit than I do. Um, you and Emma both. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'd be interested to see where you fall on social relatedness. Mm. The 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 categories that it counts are language, social relatedness, sensory slash motor, and circumscribed interests. Which I know for a fact that you'd score higher than me on circumscribed interests. Oh, yes. Because oh, I'm, yes. I'm assuming that that's See, just code for Wikipedia autism. <laughs> um, and I do not of. have it's Wikipedia like, autism. <laughs> no, I, w- I would describe that more as the having special interests thing, which I also, if you look at it from that lens, I think I'd probably also score a little bit higher. Not that much, but a little bit. I'm actually a little bit curious about this particular one um, because I have taken an actual formal medically administered autism diagnosis in the past, which was significantly longer and a lot more tedious. And I had a lot more nits to pick with the questions. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I was surprised at how few nits I had to pick with with the questions on this one. Like, I found this to be fairly reasonable across the board, whereas previous ones that I've taken, I've always had issues where I've wanted to go, okay, but can you explain for me what they actually want out of this question? And yeah, nobody can yeah, ever do that. Yeah, 
that's very much how the actual that's very much how the medically uh, administered one went for me as well and the the person who assigned it to me very much took a Greg Davies sort of everything you need to know is on the task approach to refusing to answer my questions. I think that's just obnoxious. I do too. Um, apparently that's part of the point. Shockingly, I very proudly have autism. Um, we chose not to enter it as an official diagnosis because that can get weird with certain things if that's on your file. Sure can. So it's not an official diagnosis per se, but it's damn close to one and we kind of knew it anyway. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, that's why I was taking the RADS test, because someone else was taking it, and I just thought it would be fun to look into it and and, and quantify my go. autism. Quizzes are um, contagiously sped, uh, spread on Discord servers. That's why I've taken that one kink quiz like 17 times. <laughs> Could okay. answer that one in my I sleep. Have a lot of, it's not even I, a good quiz. No, I have a lot of bones to pick with the BDSM tests. So many. Yes. So many. God. <laughs> the BDSM test is written for a very specific type of person. And mm-hmm. if you aren't that specific type of person, they aren't interested in you. No. No. They really aren't. And it shows. It really shows. It really shows. Tell me, why were you Googling PCALC fraction mode? Oh, I hate fractions. I hate fractions so much. Now, would you say that you hate them with like nine tenths of your being or? (laughs) I should have seen that coming. I really should have. So I was cutting a mat for a frame. Right, because you're one of those photo dorks who's been obsessed with film photography for too long. And now you now you have to keep expanding that hobby into an ever increasing list of hobbies where all of a sudden now you're pulling out you know mat cutting tools and you're 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 going to actual expense in order to keep doing this thing that you enjoy absolutely there's another search term on here that is another uh, manifestation of that actually but is is that no, oh is we'll that, get is there. that N- nikon scans no leopard yeah, yeah yeah we'll get there. okay we'll, we'll get, get there. there we'll get there <laughs> no um i've actually done this before when I was in college, I um, helped some friends cut some mats for a um, for um, for an art exhibition they were putting on. So, like, it's not my first rodeo here. And actually, the reason I bought this um, mat cutter was for framing prints because I have a lot of prints that I need to frame and hang up on the wall. And of course, most of them don't actually match the size of a pre-cut mat you get in the frame at IKEA. No, or why would at that? Michaels. Or anything, really. So that was the motivation for buying the mat cutter. The motivation for taking it out of the box, despite having bought it back when I lived in Boston. So yes, it made it across the country, still in its original shipping package. Is um, A friend of mine printed a picture that I took in San Francisco on her extremely good photo printer. Like, I forget the term, but like it's the kind of printer you can use to make art prints and sell them for a hundred dollars you know right this is this is vicky right yeah it's victoria um okay so i i can i can beep that name if we need to no you don't have to okay i i I think people know that we're friends (laughs) fair enough um (laughs) so i was um she printed off one of the um a picture i took um back in september that i was really really fond of and of course it printed in a size that nobody has a mat for pre-cut. 
So finally, about eh, two years, two and a half years after having bought this match cutter, I break it out. I'm refamiliarizing myself with using one for the first time. And because the frame and the mat and the paper are all measured in U.S. customary units, which suck, I decided to just wing it and use American measurements, which is not like me. I'd normally just use metric um, because I hate fractions. But I remembered in the back of my head that PCALC has a fractions mode where not only can you... PCALC, sorry, is a... um, is an alternative calculator app for um, iOS, macOS, watchOS, and Apple TV OS. Literally all of them. Right. And it has, a, it has a mode where you can enter fractions using a shift key. And it also has a mode where if you've just done some stupid shit with fractions, like dividing something so you can center, for example, a picture in a frame, and you need to work out what margin you need on each side... You can also have it show fractions in the output so that you don't have to sit there working out what the hell 1.125 of an inch is on your fucking measuring tape. Sure. Which, by the way, is an eighth. One and an eighth. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know that. I don't know that in my head because I have, like, almost no concepts of how inches work and how fractions work because I'm really bad at numbers. Like, Yeah, same. Yeah. Possibly clinically. Um... <laughs> So, like, being able to just have it spit out a number with a fraction that I can recognize on my ruler is really handy. And I did an okay job. It's a pretty good mat for the first one that I've cut in, like, ten years. You know, I'm happy with it. I'm gonna hang it on the wall once I, um, clean my stupid fingerprints off the glass. And, uh, I've got a lot more mats to cut because I have a lot of prints that I need to frame. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, what does a background check show? Yeah, so I googled what does a background check show because uh, we're 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 twenty two minutes into the podcast. I can talk about this. No, no, nobody's <sighs> no no nobody's doing a deep dive on idle curiosities to decide whether or not they're going to hire me, right? Almost certainly not. No. Okay, so I googled what does a background check show because I wanted to know how much trouble I'm getting in for lying about having a degree fascinating huh yeah so like on, on a I gut know level you're doing that on a gut level when i say that how do you feel Liz? well i i my first instinct is to admire your boldness here because i just um don't have an education section on my resume oh maybe i should just do that i don't know i think you've had you've probably done enough with your career at this point that you can fill a page with just your career and not mention anything about your education or lack thereof. There was a point in my life where I mentioned like how many credits towards a degree I completed when I was in college, but I only had to do that for like eh, two jobs. And after that, I'd done enough shit within those jobs that like, you know, it was a really easy way to make more room for things that I achieved in my career. See, okay. I have a problem with that though. Mm hmm. Which is that I've had a number of jobs, but I don't feel like I've achieved anything in my career. Oh, that part is much easier to bullshit and bat out. Is it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I, 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 I have this problem where I try to describe what it is I've done with my career, 
And it just sounds like I'm spending a lot of time saying, I didn't know what I was doing, but I had other people who were helping me. There are definitely ways to spin that. There are definitely ways to spin that. And also to spin that in such a way that it takes up more space on the page. Maybe I need to hire like an actual like career coach or whatever to help me go through this. Somebody who... See, here's my problem with resume doctors. My problem with Mm. resume doctors is that they... They go through and they try to make you sound super impressive. But I don't want to sound super impressive. I want to sound like I am capable of doing things that I am capable of doing. You're aiming for, and this is the thing I'm always aiming for too, mids loud is what you're aiming for. I don't want to get hired for a job that I have to grow into. I want to get hired into a job that I can half-ass. Exactly. You don't want to be a rock star, superstar, ninja 10x. No, no. What I want is I want to come in. I want to give them 30% while I'm listening to podcasts and Mm -hmm, then mm -hmm. go home and not think about it until I clock in to give my 30% the next day. Exactly. This is the American dream. Right. And so I, I, I don't want some fancy schmancy resume doctor to come in here and tell me Oh, you're an ETL specialist who's great at, you know, whatever the fuck. Like, no, I don't want that. Yeah, I yeah. want to I want to tell people I can kind of make your shit look somewhat good in Tableau. Mhm. Mhm. I I can well, provide I can provide like- you with some self-service analytics, although if you ask me for help with them, I'll make them even better for you in a reasonable time frame over a period of yeah. weeks. The thing that I struggle with, and it's taken me a long time to work out how to accurately express on a resume, is that, you know, I and you sort of have a bit of this problem, too, I think. I don't, problem's the wrong word. I don't think it's a problem, but it is annoying to try and get hired as one of these people. We're jacks of all trades. We right. do a lot of random shit that's loosely connected. And I can, I can teach your team. Way through a bunch of other shit. I can teach your team. The basics of Git. I can teach mm-hmm. your team the basics of Tableau. I can teach your team the basics of pretty much anything that you need. I'm really good at learning the basics of things and then distilling it back down and teaching the basics to other people. I'm good at that. Yeah. That's something I can do. I can field the stupid questions from the 70-year-old who, for some reason, hasn't retired. We know the reason. They haven't been given any social support. So the mm-hmm. 70-year-old who is now having to learn how Git works, I can work with them. I know how to do that. I used to teach tenured prefers- professors of computer science how to use Git. Right. We are the Git generation. We're the command line generation. <laughs> Title. Title. No, no, no. Don't. You know damn well which one I meant. <laughs> <laughs> and I just wanna I just wanna I just wanna get through the hiring process <laughs> so I can get good at my job. That's all I want. And and I don't I I I I I I I'm getting a phone call from Walgreens. Sorry about that. I just got a phone call from Walgreens telling me that the prescription I've been waiting for for Almost two months is ready for pickup. Oh, holy shit. Which one? My Dianavel. Hey. My, my, my stimulant. Yeah. So, uh, holy I, fuck. I know what I'm doing when we hang up. Mm-hmm. 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 
Um, I also know what I'm doing when I hang up, but what I'm going to be doing is deciding what I want to take away. Ooh, that's a good idea. Uh, we mm-hmm. we went... Uh, so, you know what? I'm just going to get back on track. Sure. I was Googling what does a background track show. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I wanted to know if me lying on my resume would be turned up by a background check because that hadn't occurred to me until now. Sure. And it turns out, yes, it can. Cool. So um, mm. I'm not lying on my resume anymore. <laughs> it's very important that you say this after that whole extended discussion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm, 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 this was all prompted because I applied for a job at the University of Washington. And I was like, you mm-hmm. know, I bet the University of Washington cares more about a lied about degree than the average, uh, the average bear. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that they do background checks. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to make sure. So I I did not apply to them with the forged information on my on my resume. Understandable. Now, I you have like more of a degree than I do though, I think. No, I don't. No? No. I did I did the first 2 years of college like 7 times and never got an associates. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't get an associates either. But But god, we're really did, doing well on titles two... this week. <laughs> yeah, really. I did two years of college once, and it was miserable. Yeah, I, I, I did not enjoy college for the most part. I like the idea mm. of college. Oh, yeah. I love the concept. I enjoyed a lot of the lectures I attended, actually. Um, sure. But, like, uh, there's a lot. There's a lot there to unpack that is just miserable. I saw something unrelated, well, vaguely related, in the news a couple of days ago that... Um, a lot of smaller colleges are dropping their humanities programs entirely and just going all what? in on STEM degrees. I don't like that. I don't either. I really don't like that. So we're making Obviously, STEM trade schools. Yeah, basically. Yeah, exactly. I don't like That's, it. Which, no. Which is kind of... <laughs> there isn't a great way to go to a trade school for free in this country. But there are ways to go to college for free or for, for very little money in this country. So it's kind of a um, natural extension of that is one way to look at it. Um, there's a few ways you can sure. look at them at this. And all of them suck. And all of them suck. Now, I say this as, like I said, a dropout English major. I'm a little biased here, I'll admit. But, like, fucking hell. <laughs> yeah. You You can't turn a small, you know a small university or a small state school into essentially a trade school slash comp sci degree factory. It's just not going to work. It's not all going that, to work. All that we're doing is we're making boot camps again, except this time they take four years. Yeah. And you have to buy a fucking meal plan. Boot camp with a meal plan. Okay. There's a good title. It's not going to be the title, <laughs> but it's a good one. No, it should go on the list though. Yes. Yeah. No, it sucks. It's very silly. Tell me. No, 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 no. It's my turn to ask you. Oh, shit. You're right. You're right. And the, our listening audience is dying to know ever since I brought it up five minutes ago. Why did you Google Nikon <laughs> scan Snow Leopard? Uh, it's more for, it's more film bullshit. So if you're tired of me talking about film photography, skip ahead like 10 minutes. Of um, course it's fine. more film we bullshit. We won't be bothered. <laughs> so because I shoot film and develop my own film i want to share my pictures with my friends that i've taken you've taken your friends well when back when my car was working yeah (laughs) 
Okay. I, I'll, I'll stop calling you out on basic grammatical bullshit. <laughs> you know, I, I, unfortunately, after I developed the film, this means I have to scan the film in order to get the pictures onto the internet so that I can send them to people. I hate all scanners. They all suck. We have made a few good printers as a civilization. You know, the the HP LaserJet 4, pretty good, old, but good. Any brother laser is going to be fine. We have not yet made a good scanner as a society, as a people, as a culture. So Humanity I wanna, has I wa- not yet made a good scanner. I want to tell you my baseline here so that you, you can, you can mm-hmm. temper your expectations back down to where I'm at. Sure. Because I think that's important. I think tempering expectations is mm-hmm. just, it's an important part of life. It's something that we all need to be good at. And so I want to make yeah. sure that you know when I think of a good scanner, that means I'm opening mm-hmm. up the Dropbox app on my phone and using their scan a page <laughs> feature. <laughs> and you're right. That's not very good. No. The one that's built into to iOS, which is inexplicably in the Notes app. Oh, is that where that, that is? Yeah, that's where it lives. It's in I just use the Dropbox one it because sucks. it's where I know where it is. Right, yeah. No, it's in notes. Fuck off. <laughs> I've never used the Dropbox one, so I can't speak to it. The one in it's notes fine. is fine. It's okay. It works. You can scan a document and send it to some bureaucrat, and they'll usually accept it. You know? Scanning 35mm film negatives presents some... Special considerations, though. So, what, which is why I, what I guess, what I want to know is, if I go to the store and I buy a flatbed scanner, mm-hmm. am I, as your average dingus who's walking into a Staples, am I going to be able to look at ten different scanners and tell you the difference between any of them, or is it a pretty flat market? It's a flat market. Okay. The device I have is not a flatbed scanner. Oh, it's not a flatbed. Okay. No. So. There are some flatbeds that can do film, and it's a miserable experience, and it makes me want to die. Which is why what, a few months ago, what I should I be googling? Film scanner. A oh, wait for documents. Oh no, no, no. for fi- for film scanning to understand what you're talking about. What should I be googling right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. Thirty five mm film scanner should bring this up, or things like this. What it is is my particular model is a Nikon from the late nineties. Um, there are newer ones, basically. It's got a slot on the front that you feed strips of film into, and it scans them. And it's actually oh, pretty good at this. It's This looks like that 30 mm-hmm. Rock joke. Huh? This looks like the combination handheld photo scanner, a paper shredder. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. I'm yeah, with yeah. you. So you just uh-huh. had the little toggle to PS. <laughs> yeah. For photo scan and not for paper shred. Right. <laughs> that show is the fucking best. I love it so much. God, okay, so I'm back with you. It's, it, a film scanner is this really small... Is it handheld? No, no. It's about the size of two or three novels. Okay. Okay, so you... Stacked up on top of each other. Do you... You you can't see this right now, listening audience, but I'm But I can in, in the webcam I'm holding up my fingers and I'm trying to mime what I'm thinking of and it's not going well. So do you do you do you take the film negative and just like feed it through? Yes. Or do you open it up, snap the negative in, so, close it? 
Well, there's two ways to, um, uh, there's yes to both, depending on what you're doing, because there is a carrier that you can put some pieces of film into and that snaps together. But the lazy way is you just take a strip of film uh-huh. and feed it into the slot on the front and a little motor catches it by the sprocket holes on the side and pulls it in and scans it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So well, what, 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 what makes a scanner good or bad? My personal metric is how intoxicated I have to be to tolerate using it. Not, not how sober do you need to be to figure out how to use it, but how intoxicated do you have to be to, to deal with using it? Okay. Yes. So what can go and wrong here? Well, for example, if you're using a flatbed, you have to line up the film really precisely with the stupid little plastic holder. Um, and in general, even for my kind of scanner, you could have fingerprints on the film strip. You could have dust on the film strip. You could have dust hairs. You could have, um, if you're developing your own, you might have water spots if you have hard water. So, so the scanner doesn't have like a little brush in there that's brushing off the dust first, no? No, 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 no. You do that yourself before you put it in. Can I patent to that? How? <laughs> Maybe. The thing is, though, for color film, this doesn't work for black and white because of the way black and white film is. But for color film... It can do digital dust removal by using infrared light to shine through it and see what bounces off. Well, and then it that knows, fun? oh, that's dust. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So this, using my scale, a, a flatbed scanner that can do film is like, you know, a couple of strong cocktails. It's an ordeal. Sure. It's a process. It takes like two hours to fiddle with the fucking plastic holders and scan a roll of film that you shot. The Nikon that I have, the Cool Scan 4000. Cool Scan 4000. One beer. Not even a strong one. Yeah, it just kind of, you know, it takes strips of film, six shots at a time. There are models you can modify to feed the entire film reel into. Mine doesn't do that, but that's okay. I might buy one of those in the future. We'll see. But for the time being, it works great. I love this thing. Unfortunately, because it's a USB device from 1999 or so, Nikon hasn't made new drivers for it in since the Bush administration. Yeah. So I've been using some other software for it called ViewScan, which works most of the time pretty well, but it was giving me some guff. It was just being a little persnickety. And I thought to myself, well, I'm an idiot. I have an old Mac lying around that can run Snow Leopard, which means... I can run the last version of the software that Nikon put out for Mac OS 10.1 because Snow Leopard is the last version to have Rosetta, the first one, which lets you run classic Mac programs on an, on an Intel Mac. So you have your hand up. I just Googled the Nikon Super Cool Scan 4000 ED film scanner. And Amazon uh -huh. only has one used one. For $589. Is that accurate? Yep. That's a bit high. I paid $350 for mine. You paid $350 for yours. Now, see, okay. Now, yes. see, I was over here on, on digitalcameraworld.com looking at the best film scanners in 2023. And I was looking at the, the Plus Tech uh -huh. Optic Film 8200i SE. And I was like, oh, that looks like maybe a $120 device. 
Is that how, not how much these things cost? Are these things expensive? Oh, um, the plus ticks go for about 500 new. Okay. Hold up. My computer is having issues, and I want to make sure it's not impacting the recording. Okay. Force quit. I have an app that's gone rogue. You're still coming through clear. For okay. Force. Um, NZB get mm. has gone rogue, and I don't know how to force quit it. Oh, uh, terminal P kill. Um, I've never used P kill. Can you walk me through this? Yeah. Um, I'll type to you in a chat so you can see it. I believe Thank it'll you. just be P kill. I'm assuming NZB get is the name of the program yeah. itself, like the uh, actual process. Um, I hope so. <clears throat> so do I. That worked. Cool. I think that worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that worked. Peak or er, NTB get is now running, but it's not broken anymore. So I'm gonna quit out of it. Yeah, I expect I expected it to restart. Yeah. Okay. That's good to know. I keep having to restart my computer to kill NTB get. And so if I can do that mm-hmm. via the terminal, that's way easier. Because it keeps fucking yeah. up when it's unpacking files. Oh yeah, files. no, much easier. It keeps fucking up when right. it's unpacking files and I'll get hung up on something and then it'll just Mm-hmm. process through the rest of the queue without recognizing that it's processed through the rest of the queue and it'll just consume right. resources while not actually doing anything mm-hmm. uh and mm-hmm. the only way mm-hmm. i found to actually reset it is to restart the whole computer yeah yeah so if this if this keeps me from having to do that i'll be very happy it should it should okay anyway um so yeah oh the other thing with the plus tech you know how i said earlier that I can just feed a strip of film into the Nikon and it just takes it in and scans it. Yeah. The plus tech doesn't do that. The plus tech, you have to put the film into a, in a stupid little plastic carrier. Okay. That's less ideal. Yeah. This is why, this is why people are buying Nikon scanners from the late nineties and early two thousands, because they will just take raw film strips without having to fiddle with some stupid holders. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, these things are way more expensive than I thought. Oh yeah, it's it's specialized bullshit for people with stupid hobbies. No wonder everybody's constantly going over your place to get stuff scanned. They don't want to spend this money. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay, I'm back with you. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you did you get it running on your Mac? Did you get the drivers? Oh yeah, no, I've got, out? I've got an old Mac Mini. It's running Snow Leopard. I installed Rosetta. It was a real bitch to make a Snow Leopard um, install flash drive i can tell you that much turns out that the uh it just didn't like the flash drive i was using and i don't know why probably because it's a cheap one from micro center but uh once i got it installed yeah snow leopard is in kind of a weird spot because it's um it's the last thing that can run classic mac apps on an intel but it's just new enough that i can do shit like i have it hooked up to my file server and i'm just scanning directly to my file server from the Mac without having to do any bullshit. So it's it's honestly even better than what I was doing before with the other software that I was using. Because the other software I was using on my newer Mac is like it's reverse engineered scanner software. And to be, you know, to give them credit, they have reverse engineered a shitload of scanner drivers of all kinds of scanners, not just film scanners. Mm-hmm. Um, and like it does work pretty reliably. Except for when you're trying to do shit like get the colors right on film negatives that you're scanning. Shit like that is where it gets a little weird and a little funky and a little extremely fucking annoying. So, yeah, it's working really well. And I'm really pleased with how it's how it's um, 
and how the scanning goes with the official software now. Yeah. I feel like I've learned something. Even though it here. is yet another computer on my desk. <laughs> I feel like I've learned something here. You have another reason not to get into film? It, it is another reason not to get into film. Like, I've, I have my reasons, and you aren't making yes. that better. Oh, I know. I know. I don't, I don't want to just jump ahead in your search terms, but is Dovey Profile 5 also film-related? No, that's Plex bullshit. Okay, so we'll get to that. Sure. Hey, um, did you, um, listeners at home, Noel was just making a thumbs up in our camera, and, um, there was a weird little, there's a floating bubble next to your head. Yeah. Is that a Skype thing, or is that one of the new fucking Mac OS things? I think it's a Skype thing. Oh, Can God. I, what happens if I do this? <laughs> oh, my God. I made a heart oh. shape with my hands, and it started projecting hearts out of my hands. Is mine not doing that? Does mine... No, yours is definitely doing oh, that. Oh, it does. Oh, shit, it does. That's really dumb. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, okay, enough Enough on that. Um, All right, tell me why cowboys are secretly, fondly, frequently... Fo- fuck, that's a tongue twister. <laughs> cowboys, they like each other. Yeah, I googled cowboys are frequently, secretly fond of each other. Are you familiar with the song, Liz? Yes, I am. I just can't fucking say it. So, I I was only vaguely familiar with it. Well, it's originally by Ned Sublet, but it was famously covered by Willie Nelson and then vaulted until Brokeback Mountain came out. And then he released it to coincide with the release of Brokeback Mountain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he kind of gave sense. it He gave it a new life Because nobody knew the original version yeah. of it Everybody listens to Willie Nelson So when Willie put it out Everybody's like holy shit this is really something mm-hmm. Um, I've never actually sought it out And listened to it Until this oh. week mm-hmm. When the Willie Nelson 90th birthday album Came out Which if you aren't familiar with it There oh, was yeah. this big Willie Nelson birthday celebration at, I think, the Hollywood Bowl? I believe so, yes. And they released an album for it called Long Story Short, which is just a bunch of artists performing live at the Hollywood Bowl covering Willie Nelson songs, or songs that Willie Nelson is known for, which included Orville Peck, everyone's favorite gay cowboy, covering Cowboys Are Frequently Secretly Fond of Each Other. Hello. Which is delightful. It is such a joy. It is wonderful. And so I I was that really excited. Uh, I've listened to that a couple times now. I think it's a delight. I think more people should listen to it. Uh, if, I'm going if, to. If, 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 if you find yourselves near Spotify with nothing going on, you definitely need to listen to <laughs> Orville Peck covering Cowboys Are Frequently Secretly Fond of Each Other. That's all I have to say on that topic. And also, just listen to Orville Peck. He's good. Oh, he's so good. He's so fucking good. He's so good. And if you want to listen to Elvis without the baggage of listening to Elvis, well, there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we've we've been over Orville Peck on the show before. Uh I am I am famously a fan. As am I. Okay. Um tell me about So I, I like to do really nice, clean segues into topics, but I don't know what gavel goat could possibly mean. What is gavel goat? Oh, the gavel goat. This is a fun one. This is a fun one. So, oh, how do I how do I explain this? Because there's like, there's a small amount of like cultural background thing here. Goats are like 
a specific like crafts straw goat is like a Christmas decoration in Scandinavia. I'm gonna put a picture in the Discord um for you. I, I have quickly wikied this already. Mm-hmm. So I have the visual image of what this is now. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a it's a big straw goat. The town of Gavle um, in Sweden. I'm sorry, but I need I need to 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 come through and put some qualifiers on some words that you said there. Sure. You when you when you say it's a big straw goat, I I need people yeah. to accurately <laughs> envision what you mean by big. I'm okay, talking. That's fair. Yeah. This is what two stories tall? Two two and a half. Yeah. Thirteen. Roughly thirteen meters. Yeah, or forty three feet. So. When when you say it's a big straw goat, I want people to imagine something that's forty feet tall, because yeah. most people aren't going to imagine that when you say big goat. Yes, <laughs> this is taking up a significant chunk of space in a public park. Now, there are other cities in Sweden and indeed in the rest of Scandinavia that put up big straw goats. However, the people of Gävle keep trying to burn theirs down every year. Yes, and I was I was curious to see if. The, the goat had been burned down this year because, you know. There, there, on, on the Wikipedia page for the Gavla goat, or however you pronounce it, um, <laughs> there is a subheader for repeated destruction. Yes. Yeah. There's also a chart by decade detailing the fate of the goat every year. It, it, um, it has been burned down sometime in December more often than not. <laughs> Despite efforts, including being guarded by the Swedish, like, National Guard, and monitored by cameras, and two-meter fences, and fireproofing, and constantly being sprayed down with water to create a layer of ice on it. So, despite all this, you know, more more often than not, the goat has been burned down. And it's... uh, I think at this point, the city is like, at a certain point, it's not that they want the goat to be burned down, but they understand that it's a thing. And I don't want to use the phrase, they let it happen. But now it is very, very much that like, if it happens, their their reaction is, eh, you get a mild, like, you pay a fine, it's a slap on the wrist, whatever. I want to be clear, the last yes. time it was burned down, the 40-year-old man who burned it down got six months in prison. Oh, really? Oh, shit. <laughs> All right, so not always just a slap on the wrist. Which, I gotta say, that makes the appeal of burning it down way higher. <laughs> you understand You understand the appeal. So Yeah, it, it's got flavor to... now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was curious to see if the goat had been burned down this year. And what, is, what I discovered. <laughs> so Wikipedia, the, the chart on Wikipedia says... Standing with damage. Apparently, the straw that they used this year to construct the goat has a lot more seeds in it than usual. And um, as a result, it's been pecked through by birds. Jackdaws have been attacking the goat while they're out trying to find food because there's a shitload of seeds in the straw this year. So it hasn't so, been burned 24 down. 24-hour guards on site. Double mm-hmm. fence. 24-hour yep. public webcam stream. Yep. And it gets fucked up by birds. It's like That's they right. rolled a natural one. <laughs> they really, yeah, yeah. This year, they got taken down by 
essentially crows. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I love this. I love that you can... I, I love Civilization's unending quest to build things. Mm-hmm. And then Civilization's unending quest to destroy the things that have been built. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a good push and pull that I like to see exemplified in things like this. This is the good oh. version of that. Yes. Oh, no. I love this. I, I, this is like... They've been doing this since 1966. And obviously it became a lot more famous once the internet showed up, you know, and people around the world could find out about the goat. Because there's one of them here. Um, I think it was an American. Yeah, in 2001, it was burned down by a visitor from Cleveland. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> I like 1979. I'm seeing in 1979 that it was, uh, it was burned down prior to assembly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 1970... Six hours after construction, also pretty good. In 1973, um, the goat was stolen by a man who then placed it in his backyard and was sentenced to two years in prison for aggravated theft. <laughs> 1976, a student rammed the hind legs of the goat with a Volvo Amazon, collapsing the structure. 1978, no additional details, just kicked to pieces. There is a... there. <laughs> There is a um, a citation that takes you to a Swedish website, and my Swedish is terrible because um, I don't speak Swedish, but um, what was that? 70, 78, 1978. That's all it says. It's just, it's just a list. It's a very short list. Presumably, if you go like to a library in Gävle and um, look up what happened in the, like the... Um, the newspaper archives you could find out actually but um oh actually the entry for 1978 on the linked citation just says um slugsbokken sonde igen which which is swedish for the goat broke again <laughs> <laughs> the goat broke again the goat broke again <laughs> <laughs>